Welcome to the Master Drafter Football Podcast, where we talk dynasty fantasy football. Now your hosts, Chris Burton and Mike Reardon. Welcome to the Master Drafter Football Podcast. This is our 14th episode. Today we're going to be talking about rookie running backs. Uh, going through our rankings of all these recently drafted rookie running backs. Um, I'm going to start off with my top three. And I have Jonathan Taylor, still ranked as my one. I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who has gone up all the way from five pre-draft to my second ranked running back. And I have Cam Akers who is holding steady at three. Where, where, where do you guys, where do you have uh, your top three? Um, okay. On? So, um, well, first off, I'll just say, Chris, you're the rookie guy and you're always way ahead on rookies. And, um, you know, you, you get, you always get your rookie rankings up first. Um, and my rankings will be com- coming soon. Um, I'm going to do, as we do these and we go by positions, running backs, the first position, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put, put my running backs on to the rankings first. So after this episode, we'll get my running backs up. They should pretty much be up simultaneously. Um, so you had Taylor, Hilaire and Dobbins as, I mean, uh, and, uh, Akers. Taylor, Taylor, Hilaire, Akers. And Akers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Taylor. Uh, I agree. I uh, we both had Taylor ranked number one. Yep. Yep. Um, going into this, and we both still have him at number one. And then he went to the Colts. So I mean, yeah, that's a. I mean, we've been waiting for the Colts to to draft a running back for a long time now. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hilaire was the first running back taken by the Chiefs. Everyone was wondering if the Chiefs was going to get a running back, and uh, they did. And and it was kind of a surprise because they took Hilaire over Taylor and over Swift. I think a lot of people had Swift as the guy. But Hilaire makes sense, and uh, and as soon as he was drafted, I mean, that was the last pick in the first round. As soon as he was drafted, he was just moved up on everybody's draft boards. And a lot of people have him number one. A lot of people have him number one right now. Um, so I, I already gave away my number three by accident. Um, I actually have J.K. Dobbins as my number three. And I have just recently moved him up. Um, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. Um, drafted by Baltimore. And when he was first drafted by Baltimore, I was kind of like, oh, that's you know kind of a crowded backfield. And uh, Lamar Jackson get runs the ball a lot. And yeah. And I know, I know, uh, Ingram had a great year, so they, they do run regardless with the running backs. But, um, you know, the more I thought about it, the more, and, and just by like liking the way that he runs and everything, um, he moved up to my number three spot. I actually think it's a, it's a really sneaky, good landing spot. Um, I think that. I'm so I I kind of got so high on Dobbins right now in that landing spot that it's it's really close to Hilaire too, and that's kind of like a big kind of like my surprise pick having Dobbins all the way at three. 
there's there's certainly a fair amount of Dobbins truthers out there. Yep. That you know, um, and I was not one of them originally. I I mean I saw pre-draft there there was legitimate people out there that had you know were pounding the table for Dobbins yep. as their number one running back mm-hmm. ahead of Taylor ahead of Swift. I, I saw people had a lot of people had him actually going to the Chiefs as well in mock hmm. drafts over Swift. I think I think an interesting thing about this top five is, you know, a lot of times you see you see sort of a, you know, a tier or you know or, or two tiers emerge, you know, pre-draft, mm-hmm. and you see and. It, and you see as the draft plays out, you see guys fall out of the tiers and the, and the tiers kind of restructure. And in this case, I mean, the top five is still the top five. Top five, the top five. And, I, I, and, and, that, and that's rare, I feel like. I feel like yeah. that doesn't usually happen. Um, I, I am not a huge fan of this running back class. Um, but it is, to have five guys up there, I mean, it's a good running back class. It's got, there are five, there is a top tier of five players. And I mean, that's rare. So to have that alone makes it a good running back class. But to me, after that top five, I don't see a whole lot of guys I'd be excited about drafting. And I I think that's fair. I think, I think the top five, but that said, I think the top five really does separate. It's a strong top five. It's a, you know, from some, some past yeah. classes. Uh, you know, I know we've had some recent draft classes. Um, you know, we had the Alvin Kamara, um, Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey year. What was that? The yeah. 20, 2016? 2017, I believe. And that class, I think it might have been 2016. I, I don't know. But, but the listeners know what we're talking about. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt. That was that was it was the seventeen class, and that group that is very similar to what this group is. Now, after that group, was there any uh, were there any surprise running backs you remember? We'd, I'd have to look at it, but uh, I'm sure so there was we had. A- um- we had um, his name is escaping me at the moment, but the guy from Denver. Oh right, undrafted. Undrafted. Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. Yep. Uh, out of, you know, he so, was I mean, at Denver. I guess you could say Denver. that was a great running back class. So I guess yeah. in that in that respect, you could say that this is a great running back class. Yeah. Because I mean. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't want to understate to the listeners. Like this running back class yeah. isn't normal. Yeah. I mean, you I think don't it's just the drop off see... for me. I think there's yeah. a big drop off for me. Um, yeah. But I guess that goes with, with every year. Um, so why don't we finish our top five then? Okay. Um, and then we'll, we'll go deeper into these top five, but uh, let's just give the listeners the rest of our top five. So, as I said, my top three, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Cam Akers. My next two guys, at four, uh, DeAndre Swift. Originally had him at two, pre-draft. Um, and then J.K. Dobbins I have ranked at five currently. Okay. And pre-draft I had him at four. Okay. Who did you have at five pre-draft? Hilaire? 
At five pre-draft, I had Hilaire, yeah. Okay. Um, my, mine rounds out, same thing. Uh, Swift at four, and I actually have Akers at five. And I think that's a surprising... Uh, I think for a lot of people that, you know, that watch the draft and rank these guys right as they come out, I think Akers moved up for a lot of people. But for me, he's he's my number five guy out of this group. So it's funny. It's funny. Out of the top five, the, you know, um, the, actually the top six, really. Um, and we can talk about my, you know, my sixth guy, AJ Dillon. My, you know, my one, my three, and my six are the same pre-draft, the same post-draft as they were pre-draft, rather. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, my one Jonathan Taylor, my three Cam Akers, and my six A.J. Dillon. Um, those guys haven't changed for me. Um, you know, I know we kind of want to just stick with the top five for that's right fine. now for this Love discussion, it. but I figured that was worth mentioning. Um, so, you know, um, I would just say that Taylor for me in, in, in Indianapolis, I I feel like that's just as good a landing spot, uh, you know, as Edward Edwards Hilaire has mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Obviously, you know, CEH at LSU, um, you know, he has the higher draft pedigree than Taylor did, Taylor being the third running back taken off the board. Um, but I just still see Taylor as the guy. He was my pre-draft number one running back. Uh, you know, I, I've been all about Jonathan Taylor uh, going back to early January. So I just think, I think I stick with him as my RB one, and and I just don't see Marlon Mack as a long-term threat to his production. You know, he's only under contract there for another year. Twenty twenty one, he's a free agent. So I, I just think Jonathan Taylor is going to take the reins in Indianapolis and be a, a, a featured back in that offense. Whereas Edward Hilaire, like he's going to have big games, but I mean, there's just so many mouths to feed in that Kansas city offense at the same time. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes who, you know, you have, who's going to run for a couple touchdowns every now and then, you, you know, he's going to obviously Tyreek Hill is going to eat, you know, you have Travis Kelsey and it's like, You've, you know, CEH is still my number two running back, but I just still think Jonathan Taylor is the guy. So, yeah, and I think for the for the Marlon Mack truthers out there, you know, you had your run. If you if you own Marlon Mack right now, you know, and you were expecting him to be a big time um, guy this year, you know, you're probably pretty bummed when you saw Taylor go there. But I agree. I think Taylor is gonna. I think when he's when he steps onto the field, I think it's going to be obvious who who the best running back on the team is, and um, I do think he is going to be the the bell cow back there with with Mac kind of spelling him. I agree, and, and and he's the number one guy in my opinion, and um and Hilaire, I think he's, you know, everyone kind of the whole concept with Hilaire is uh is he going to be Kareem Hunt? You know, um, Kareem Hunt was he was the number one or the number two running back his rookie year. And, um, I mean, it's definitely, it's an enticing spot because that offense is so explosive. Now they have more running backs. Um, they have a little bit of a committee there. Um, so Hilaire will probably, you know, probably won't get the majority of the carries like right off the bat, but I think it'll be pretty quickly. 
when he kind of takes over. I think it's a little bit different when Kareem Hunt. When they got Kareem Hunt, they had um, they had that other running back, St- uh, Ware, Spencer Ware, and that they didn't really have guys like um, you know Damian Williams, um, and the other guys they have there. So there's a little bit more talent in Kansas City now than there was when Hunt got there. But I think eventually Hilaire will prove to be the best running back. Well, uh, interesting interesting to mention too. I mean, Kareem Hunt was what, a third round pick? Yep. So I mean, you know, uh and obviously there's some variables to that, you know, uh you know, the the Kansas City Chiefs were in a very different place. Yeah. You know, in terms of need and, and all that, uh, you know, the year they drafted Kareem Hunt, but you know, I still think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why we can't anticipate him being the guy that's going to get the majority of the touches. And I think right most people that. do. I think most people do because he is, you know, he's 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 going number one in a lot of drafts right now that are going on. Um, yeah. And if he's not going, you know, other not super, maybe not super flex drafts, but and he's going number two in a lot of drafts as well, in even in super yeah. flex drafts. So. I mean, the hype is there, you know, and we'll see. But I think I think that's where me and you are both similar. And they're two different styles of yeah. runners where Taylor Taylor's fast. He's very fast. Um, but he's a bigger, more punishing back. Yeah. Um, whereas Hilaire is a much smaller guy. He kind of fits into more of the mold of the modern running back, that type of running back that gets drafted these days. Um, well, and uh, and I'll throw I'll throw some measurables out. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, five ten, two twenty six, ran four three nine at the forty. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, five seven, two oh seven, ran four six, um, at the combine. So, you know, like you said, two two different style, very different styles, um, in terms of the way they play the game. But, you know, I think Taylor. You know, we've talked about it off air where, you know, we think we he has the potential to be sort of that, like, Adrian Peterson type guy. Yeah. Just that, that you know, transgenerational prospect that, you know, just, is just a beast in the NFL. Whereas Hilaire, I more see as, you know, he could end up being just as good. But kind of reminds me of like a Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Jones Drew was a lot faster though coming out. Edwards Edwards Hilaire, he, I mean, he reminds me of um, Brian Westbrook. I think is a good comp for him. And and quite honestly, I mean that that works in his favor. I, I you know I I think I've heard uh, Andy Reid actually. I I think I, I saw a story somewhere where Andy Reid actually, you know, candidly compared him. Clyde Edwards Hilaire to Brian Westbrook. So, um, am I, or Brian, not Brian, Brian, am I thinking Brian Westbrook? Yeah, Brian, Brian Westbrook. Westbrook. Brian Westbrook, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think Hilaire has the chance to be, and, and Jacobs, you know, a lot, the, the biggest knock on Hilaire is the speed thing. You know, he's not the biggest guy. And he ran a four six, uh, but Josh Jacobs also ran a four six, uh, and I think Hilaire more than makes up for it in sort of his shiftiness, in his ability to evade tackles. Yeah, uh, 
more than capable of catching the ball out of good, the backfield. Good vision. Yeah, uh, outstanding vision. I mean, you know, arguably, you know, arguably, he's he's almost he's almost uh, you know in the same way that Burrow. It's like the one nick on Burrow's resume, as you can say. It's like, oh well, he doesn't have the best arm strength, but it's like everything else he just does so well that it kind of makes up for it. Right. Edward Hilaire, it's kind of the, th- the same thing. Instead of arm strength, it's you know his his straight line speed. He does everything else so well, and his agility is like off the charts. You know, it, it makes up for the four six time, and and quite honestly, you know, you can get by in today's NFL with a four six speed as a running back, as long as you have those fundamentals and, and sort of that shiftiness, and that ankle breaking ability. You know that that makes up for that straight line speed, that breakaway speed. So, um, tell me about Cam Akers, Mike. What do you, what do you think about this guy uh, out of Florida State? 5'10", 217, ran four four seven at the combine. What do you think of Cam Akers? So I like Cam Akers, um, but he is at the bottom of my tier. Um, it just what it comes down for me, what it comes down to is. When I look at the the tape of all of all these top five, and and it's all great film, it's just his running style to me. Um, I just feel like is the kind that just doesn't translate into the NFL as much as the other kind, as much as the other four guys. Um, he's he's a little bit of he's a little bit of a stand up runner. He he runs a little bit higher. Than the other guys, than all than all four of the other guys, um, kind of like with his with his back arched a little bit more. I don't know how to explain it. Like he just seems more upright. And when I'm looking at all the film and comparing them, I just don't see as much of a, you know, as a he is a home run threat with that speed, and he has a lot of nice long touchdowns. But I don't know what it is. I just. A lot of them, I don't. A lot of them, I see him kind of in the wide open, um, you know, going through a big hole. I don't see as much shiftiness as I see with a lot of the other players. Um, you know, he has good vision. He's he's almost kind of like, I think, uh, when Joe Mixon was, he was kind of like, looked a little bit, kind of compared me compared to that type. Not that type of running style so much, but more like when those running backs were all coming out, I felt like Mixon was a little bit different than the other guys. Um, and I had him a little bit lower for that reason. But um, but yeah, he. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you, you have him at three. I have him at five. So why don't you tell me what you like about him? So the things, things I like about Akers is, you know, obviously goes without saying crazy athlete um you know just off the charts athletic ability played quarterback in high school um has played all over the field um you know in in, can catch the ball can run the ball just is sort of just a utility knife in terms of his ability to produce um and I think I think with Cam Akers, he didn't he didn't have necessarily the production uh, that some of these other guys did, but he also played for uh, you know 
not a good team. You know, he played for a Florida State team that's been struggling the last few years. Um, was pretty much the successor to Dalvin Cook there. Um, you know, and you compare him against these other runners, you know, you have J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State, very successful program. You have DeAndre Swift, Georgia. Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin, you know, really surprised some people in terms of what they did in college football last year. And obviously Edwards Hilaire, which, you know, on arguably the greatest college football team of all time in LSU last year. So I think Akers kind of gets lost in in the fact that he did not play for a great football team the last couple years. Um, and he still, you know, managed to, to put himself in the conversation of these top five guys. Um there's been sort of a knock on him that's he's there's been a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Um, there's been a lot of tackles for loss on him. And I think that has more to do with the the lack of offensive line play, you know, the la- lack of talent on that offensive line in Florida State than it does with Cam Maker's ability to evade tacklers. So I think that's a bit of an unfair knock on him. And I, and I just think that the athleticism, the shiftiness, you know, he's only been playing running back for a few years. You know, a lot of these guys have been playing running back for far longer than Cam Akers has. So he's still sort of growing into that position, um, you know, learning some of the nuances. So I just see him as a guy that, you know, I think his best football is ahead of him Okay, is, is what I see with Cam Akers. I mean, his landing spot works out perfectly. Um, to go to you know Gurley, he's in the he got drafted by the Rams in the second round. Um, you know, the, obviously they released Gurley, who went to Atlanta, and um, and a lot. I think a lot of people had, you know, either Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson, and they were really kind of hoping that one of those guys would step up. And uh, it's one of those things when you're when you have a dynasty team and and uh you're 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 watching the draft and you're sitting there with with Daryl Henderson and all of a sudden Cam Akers gets drafted to the Rams it's like you know it kind of takes away the excitement of having Daryl Henderson but um yeah for me I I feel like Akers is going to come in I feel like he's going to be the starter there I feel like he's the best running back um on that team but I do feel there's some sneaky competition there you know, I do feel that Malcolm Brown and also Daryl Henderson um, aren't just going to give that job up. You know, I, I don't think it's like Taylor coming in and, and being like, you know, superior over Marlon Mack. And I don't care if you're the biggest Marlon Mack fan in the world, but it's just I just think Taylor is just heads and shoulders above him. Um, and even like Hilaire, you know, with Damian Williams, I, I think Akers is going to come in. And he's going to be better than their other running backs that they have there. But I don't think it's going to be his job right away. Um, I do think eventually he w- he'll win that job because he is the better player. But um, and and it's just my opinion. I mean, I think that I'm I'm a little bit I'm more down on Acres. I feel like than the consensus. Um, I f- I I just don't feel like he's going to come in. And uh, and just take over that job and be the bell cow back there, like I do with a lot of these other guys. 
Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, do you, do you think Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown are sort of, you know, wh- which do you see emerging in that backfield in the short term, or do you see that as a running back by committee in the short term? I think a run. I think it's going to start out as a running back by committee. Um, I wouldn't be so proud if Malcolm Brown gets the first go at it. Um, I feel like he's kind of earned it there. Um, now, if don't get me wrong, if Akers comes in and just, you know, is the obvious clear-cut best player on the field, you know, as far as running backs go when, when they get out there, whenever they get out there for training camp, um, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be the type of team that's going to – I don't think McVeigh is going to say, you know, Oh well, you know it's it's a hierarchy here. You, this guy's been here longer. I think they'll play Acres more, but I I just think that Brown knows the system. Um, I think he's going to probably come out as the starting guy um, with with a short leash, and then um, and I think Henderson's still going to get some play. I mean Henderson was disappointing his rookie year, and I thought I think a lot of people had high hopes for him. And then, uh, you know, he, he was given a lot of opportunity and just didn't really take advantage of it. And I feel like a lot of Henderson owners are kind of hoping like, all right, well, maybe that was kind of like, you know, a lot of running backs come out and they struggle in their first year, like Melvin Gordon and even Brian Westbrook, like you were saying, like they kind of, um, they kind of, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just thinking LaShawn McCoy kind of struggled his first year, but then they come out and they're all of a sudden they're number one back. So, I mean, I think a lot of people had hopes with with Henderson, um, but I do think it's going to be a committee, and um, I do have Aker still in my top tier. I mean, I do still think he's a top five running back, and and a hell of a good running back, and and I think it's a good landing spot still. But he's the guy that that went to the bottom of my tier, um, behind these other guys. He's he's the guy that kind of slipped to the bottom of it, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And it's not really, it's not a knock on him. It's more about how these other running backs to me are in just great situations. I had Dobbins there originally. After the draft, originally I had Dobbins at five. But he has since moved up to three. Um, so, well, why don't we talk, guy, why don't we talk about Dobbins? Okay. Let's talk about Dobbins. Um, so I am at three, so I'll, I'll go first. Um, Okay, I love the way Dobbins looked. You what? What are his measurables? I know you have them in front of you. So Dobbins, he's he's a you know slightly smaller back, five nine, two oh nine. Didn't run the forty at the combine. Um, so, so a little undersized um, as far as height goes. Weight is fine, um, but yeah, big program, Ohio State. And I, lo- I love this landing spot. And at first I was a little bit skeptical of it, but I mean, it hurts if you have Justin, Justice Hill, um, kind of brings his stock down. And then if you have Mark Ingram, you know, he's still going to be, he's still going to have value, but I think Ingram's going to start out as the, as the lead back. Dobbins is going to start out as the, as the guy to spell him or to bring him in in packages. But I think eventually Dobbins wins that job similar to like to an Alvin Kamara type situation in, in new Orleans with Mark Ingram and Kamara. I think eventually Dobbins is the number one back in Baltimore um, for, for years. It's like, like a Kamara is in new Orleans now. 
And um, I just I just think that landing spot is absolutely great. And I and I and I love his run style. I feel like he can do it all. He can. He's a good receiver. Um, he just runs well. Great balance. And um, yeah, so he he's kind of shot up my charts. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of Dobbins love out there already. Um, and I wasn't one of them. But for me, going back after the draft, looking at some more film, um, kind of digesting the landing spot. Um, he just he he's he's my top. He's my number three guy right after Hilaire. Fair enough. Um, so the guy we haven't really talked about at all, um, is DeAndre Swift. We both have him at four. We both have him at four. Um, so went to Detroit, coming out of Georgia, was, you know, really the consensus, you know, one back for a lot of, a lot of people. Um, he was my pre-draft running back too. Uh, I currently have him at four. We both have him at four, like we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5'8", 212, ran a 4.48 at the combine. You know, w- highly touted as a pass-catching back, although ironically, you know, Jonathan Taylor caught more balls than he did last year. Uh, but DeAndre Swift, um, what, do you, what do you think about the landing spot in Detroit and his, his value going forward as a rookie? Okay, so like you, I had Taylor 1 and Swift 2 um, pretty much throughout the whole process um, until the draft. I you know, went back, you know, once, once Hilaire, once Clyde Edwards Hilaire went to Kansas City, I think everybody kind of just kind of took a step back because there was a little bit of shock that he got drafted before Swift because Swift, I feel like, I feel like the majority of people had Swift as the number one running back um, before the draft and as a guy that would fit perfectly in that Kansas City system. Um, I went back and I looked at some film recently. I'm, a, I'm always a little behind on the rookies. I'm more, more of an IDP guy, so uh, and you're more of the rookie guy, so I, I'm usually a little bit you know, more behind at this stage than you are. So I went back and I, and I looked at some more film and I mean, great dynamic, dynamic player. Um, you know, I understand why people love him so much, but one thing that I did notice with him. So one, one thing that he does more than a lot of the other backs and, and a lot of the other backs that I've seen in a lot, in, in a long time is he does a lot of backwards running. Um, a lot of like his, I will tell I I will have to give him credit though. The way that he can stop on a dime and change direction is incredible. Incredible. Um the best of all the players coming out and the best that I've seen in a long time. Um he gets into trouble though. I feel like he he does he he remind he to be honest with you, he his running style reminds me a little bit of Barry Sanders and that's why it's funny that he landed in Detroit. Because he does go backwards a lot. Um, he does spin moves. A lot of like what Barry Sanders would do. Because a lot of people forget that Barry Sanders, you know, could could lose like 8 to 10 yards on a play. You know, and then run a 20-yard, you know, crazy play afterwards. Uh, 
there's a little bit of that in Swift where he he will bounce he'll go into the hole and kind of like start to bounce back out of it very quickly and then maybe like run backwards a little bit and sometimes it makes for spectacular plays and sometimes it's um you know I could see like his coach on the sideline just being like go forward <laughs> but um one thing I noticed about him is that he doesn't seem to take he seems to go down a little bit easier than a lot of running backs in the top tiers most years. He seems to be kind of a, a little bit of a paper guy, um, kind of blown in the wind. The thing is with him, though, is he's so good at avoiding contact. But when he makes contact, he kind of goes right down. Um, now, it's not to say that he didn't have a couple tough runs where he fought for yards and everything, but a lot, I was seeing him really go down quite easily um but he is dynamic and he he can make people miss better than any running back um that i've seen in a long time come out so you know you got to kind of balance that you know you got to kind of balance like this guy can make people miss but when he doesn't make people miss he goes down pretty quickly pretty easily um right so that's why i had to and in the spot that he landed in in detroit um, you know, carry on Johnson's there and who knows, maybe, maybe he's healthy and provides a little competition, but it looks like to me, Detroit just like decided to just revamp that running game. Just say, you know what, we're just going to start over at the running back position. Uh, I think it was a smart move by them and, uh, you know, carry on's had a ton of problems. I know if you own, if you own carry on Johnson, um, you probably weren't too psyched about especially if you traded for him. You probably weren't too excited about Swift going to Detroit. But I think it's a good landing spot because, like I said, he kind of reminds me of Barry Sanders. Um, Not as powerful, though, without the strength, but as far as the style. Um, And I don't think it's a terrible landing spot. But he had to move down because Dobbins moved up and Hilaire moved up. And I just swift at four to me. So if I was drafting running backs, if I was in a draft right now, that would be the order I would take them. I would take swift four and then acres at five. Fair enough. So we basically, we basically have the, the same top five, except we have acres and Dobbins swaps. Exactly. You have, you have Dobbins at three. I have acres at three, you know, and, I have I have Dobbins at five. You have Acres at five. Exactly. Other than that, you know, we both have Taylor as one, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is two, and DeAndre Swift is four. So mm-hmm. that's the top five. Um, and I think it's worth stating that if if I'm drafting any one of these five guys, I mean, I'm pumped in a rookie draft, like. If I can get any any one of these five guys, like I'm psyched. Absolutely. I mean, do you think do you think there's any any real drop off with any of these guys? I mean, I know you have Acres at five. Uh, do you think there's a significant drop off with Acres or? Um, you mean after Acres or with Acres in the in with with, with 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 Acres after Swift? No, I, I think I'm in the minority with having Acres at five. Yeah, I think I'm in the minority there. So. I'm going to go with the majority and say that, you know, 
that maybe it's just me that puts him there. And I'm not going to, I'm just going to lump him right in with those other guys. So if I, yeah. if I ended up with acres, I would be totally fine with that. And I mean, is there any, can we really split this, this tier up at all? I don't think we can. I mean, I think it's one tier. He's top five, right? I think the only way we could split it up is because since we both have the same two guys is possibly like a Taylor and Hilaire tier. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it does. It does. But I mean, there's also there's also still the people, the Dobbins people yep. out there and, and, the Swift. and the Swift people. So it's like it's it's tough to really split, split, divide this top five in any meaningful way that that can seem consensus. And neither of us like, did. So, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, regardless of the order, the top five is the top five in terms of running back this mm-hmm. year. I, and I don't think that's really going to change much. Uh, the order might, you know, we might move some of these guys around. But I don't think the names are going to change in the top five. So no argument there. Uh, the who's your six? The names remain the same. Names remain the same. Um, Who do you have at six? So I feel like we're going to really differ in our running backs. Um, for one, you know, you, you like AJ Dillon and I do not like AJ Dillon. <laughs> I mean, I think he's a great guy, but I, I don't have him. I know, I know that you have him a lot higher than me. Um, I have, and this is going to be different and this might be kind of annoying for you, but I have a one man tier after that. I know you love when I do that. Um, I have Keyshawn Vaughn who I already had kind of high. Um, from Vanderbilt before the draft started. He was nowhere near that top tier, that's for sure. But I had him a little bit higher than a lot of these other running backs. Because like I said, I'm not a big fan of a lot of these other running backs. And then he got drafted to Tampa Bay. And for me, I honestly, after if these five running backs are gone, you know, I'm drafting 10, I'm drafting 10th in a league that we're both in. And um, I'm actually considering him at 10 because I just feel like the way he runs and he's, he's a smaller guy too. What's his measurables. So Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt college, uh, five ten two fourteen ran four, five, one in the 40. Yeah. So in the 40 good college. size. He doesn't have a ton of wiggle. He doesn't have a ton of uh, twitchiness as they say now. Um, he's got, he does have a quick, um, cutback, which I like. He's got good vision. He's a North and South runner. Um, you know, he will hit that hole and he will go with speed. I think he could be a good change for the, for the Buccaneers. I, you know, I'm not a, um, who's a guy, Ronald Jones. Yeah. I'm not a Ronald Jones fan. So neither am I. I just think that if Vaughn can come in there, I don't think it's going to be hard for him to win that job. You know, and they beefed up the offensive line, you know, especially, I mean, bringing in Gronk, I think a lot of people don't think of with Gronk is how great of a blocker he is. So, I mean, that, that line is going to be nice. And. And Vaughn's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield too, you know, Uh, good size, good speed, much more of like a, a running back 
built more like a running back than Ronald Jones. Yeah. I think it was a great pick by Tampa. I think it was a really, really good pick. And I believe, actually, I think A.J. Dillon went after that top five, but then Vaughn was the next guy taken. I actually had Vaughn at six pre-draft. He was actually my number six running back pre-draft. And I think I talked to you about that as the draft was going on. Yeah. And um and I, I just thought he uh I just think that's a great for a guy that I already had ranked at six and then he lands over in Tampa Bay, I mean that's you know, that that worked out really good. And and I just have him in a tier. I have a, a pretty big kind of drop off after that. But I yeah. like I said, I would consider taking Vaughn with the tenth pick. Um in our draft, it's now, mind you, it's changing to a super flex next year. Um, but I already have, I'm pretty good on quarterbacks there. So it's definitely, I'm already considering taking him there. And, the, and honestly, by the time we do our draft, cause we do a later draft in that one, he might not even be there. He might, he might go earlier. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I have Keyshawn Vaughn ranked as my seventh guy right now. Pre-draft. I had him ranked 12. Um, but it's a good landing spot. I actually, I, I actually good landing spot, and and to be honest, I actually dropped him down a little bit. Um, you know, coming, you know, going from early January to sort of up to the pre-draft process. He was a guy that I had right in the mix there. You know that. Um, I mean, I would have to go back and look to be certain, but I'm pretty sure I had him ranked in that six or seven range. Um, you know, you know, right after Dylan and these other guys. Um, so, I, you know, I, I love the landing spot with, with him. I just think Dylan for me is, you know, it might be a little bit more, you know, I just, I just like, I like AJ Dylan. I've been following him for a long time since his freshman year of college. I, I don't know if I said AJ Dylan's measurables, but six foot, 247, ran four, five, three at the combine. And, a lot of, you know, the knock on A.J. Dillon is a lot of people say he doesn't, uh, you know, play play to his weight and speed. But, I mean, I beg to differ. I mean, you you put on a game, the game against Louisville a few years ago, you know, where, where I think he scored four touchdowns. It's just like the guy can play football. And he's so, playing against top competition, too. I mean. Uh, well, well, I wouldn't say that. Maybe he's, not. He's trying to I mean, he's, 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 he's not, playing in the ACC, right. so it's not. I wouldn't go that far. Right. He's not playing in the SEC. <laughs> he's not playing in the SEC. But that was, but but that but that that four touchdown game against Louisville that was against the Lamar Jackson led, you know, Louisville team. So he's let's not, not forget he's that. not like in a smaller division or something. I mean, he's there. It's not like he's in the Mountain West or yeah, right. you know the something like that. Yeah, he's he's in the ACC. You know, he's in the same division as Clemson. They're playing FSU at least, you know, once a year. So, uh, I just have, you know, I, I stuck with AJ Dillon. He's kind of, but Keyshawn Vaughn has been in that conversation leading up to the draft. And, you know, regrettably, I kind of just dropped him down a little bit pre-draft. Um, you know, if nothing else, just to kind of switch it up a little bit, you know, you kind of, you kind of get, get a little stuck in your rankings and, Sometimes you get a little antsy and you kind of mix these guys up a little bit more than you should. So and and Vaughn like kinda... and Vaughn did play at a, at a smaller school. I mean, he he played it. Yeah. I mean, it was Vanderbilt, but it's not. I mean, 
it's not the SEC and it's not, yeah, I mean, it's not the Big 12 or anything like yeah. that. So, I mean, it's not even the ACC, or is it? I don't even think they're in the ACC. So, but anyways, um, you have him at six. You have Dylan at six. I have Vaughn at six. And then you have Vaughn at seven. Um, I have, I have Anthony McFarland wow. at seven. Vander Vanderbilt Vanderbilt's actually a SEC school. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I don't follow college that much. I just don't ever really see a lot of Vanderbilt versus. Uh, oh, that almost that, that actually that actually helps Keyshawn Vaughn's case. Yeah. Because uh, no, you're right. I mean, Vanderbilt is kind of like a smaller SEC school, but they are in fact an SEC. Interesting. School. Yeah. Well, I guess my college. My NCAA knowledge is coming through. No, I mean I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I, I didn't. I you know, I I looked it up on the fly. So, um, but yeah, I mean Boston College, ACC, you know Vanderbilt, SEC. Obviously, they're playing some better teams. It's it's not unfathomable that I would move Keyshawn Vaughn up to my six six spot uh, with the running backs, but you know, right now I have I have Dylan Vaughn. Who do you have at seven? I have Anthony McFarland. Okay. He's my eight. What, why don't you talk about him for a minute? Uh, he played at Maryland. Yep, he's Draft, a Maryland guy. Drafted by the drafted Steelers. Drafted by Pittsburgh. Yep. So Anthony McFarland, 5'8", 208, ran a 4'4'4 at the Combine. Um. A lot of people, including myself, have compared him to Alvin Kamara. Uh, similar player in that he's, you know, he kind of took a backseat to Javon Leak, actually, who also out of Maryland, you know, came out in this draft, uh, was an undrafted free agent. Um, and so, you know, the, the thing with McFarland is I think he has a lot of upside. But he's not the most polished guy in this draft, um, and I just I don't think you can put him much higher than seven or eight. You know, I think I think that's you know right now I have Dylan at six, I have Vaughn at seven, I have McFarland at eight, and then I have Joshua Kelly out of UCLA at nine, and I have Zach Moss at ten. And, I, and that kind of rounds out my top ten. Um, oh, I'm just gonna interrupt real quick. I'm looking at Vaughn's schedule. They actually played Georgia, LSU, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina, Purdue. That's pretty much. They they played some pretty uh, some pretty meaty teams. Yeah. So maybe that. I mean, maybe that. Maybe that's a legit bump for uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. There. I mean, maybe. I, you know, I'm not going to say there's a legitimate case to put him as the number six running back, um, especially in Tampa Bay. It's it's probably a better landing spot than AJ Dillon and Green Bay. So, you know, so little battle, little battle of the bays there, yeah. if you will. <laughs> so, so I have Mc... pick your pick your poison. So you have McFarland. You have McFarland at eight, and I have him at seven. Um, Pittsburgh running back. So he went to Pittsburgh, like you said. Um, definitely, you know, there's still some growth for him. 
uh, fast running back. Like, definitely had some game speed. Um, looks good. Wasn't the shiftiest guy, but definitely seemed like good vision, good all the tools. Um, and never, and never, and and a lot like McCall, like uh, Alvin Kamara, never really carried the load there in yep. Maryland. You know, he shared that backfield with Javon Leak. So right. And I and and in Pittsburgh, I mean that's kind of a, a tricky situation too because you've got James Conner, um, and then you've got they drafted um, Benny Snell. Benny Snell last year out of out of Kentucky. Yep, and he was a fourth another, round pick. Another another SEC guy, another SEC yeah. standout. And he was a fourth round pick, and McFarland was a fourth round pick. Um, and of course they've got the Swiss Army knife, Jalen Samuels. Um, yep. so they've they've got kind of a kind of a tricky backfield. Um, there's really, um, so I, I have him at seven because, you know, even though it's kind of going to be a running back by committee and I would expect James Conner to get the start, um, you know, McFarland has a chance to win that job. Yeah. But the thing is, is I feel like they all have a chance to win that job. So, um, so I like the talent. I like the spot. But I feel I feel like McFar with once you get sort of get down past, you know, uh, you know Vaughn. It's for me. I mean, it's anyway. It's Dylan and Vaughn. You know, it's a little different for you. But I feel like once you get past down those two guys, it's sort of talent over situation for me. Yeah, you just kind of default to the Absolutely. talent and don't worry too much about the landing spot. Yeah, especially when we get into this area. Like you're just saying, like, especially when we get into the seven through 10, um, I'm just going to go back to Dylan. So I have Dylan as my 10th ranked running back. Okay. Um, and, and I'll just go over that real quick, um, before we move on, because you've already got him at six. Um, so Dylan's a power back. Um, he's a big, strong guy. I know you already gave his measurables. Um, and he's fast. He doesn't have a lot of shiftiness. Um, he's a little stiff, but he's a power back. You know, he's, I see he's in Green Bay. You know, obviously they have Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones is the starter there. Um, I feel like with Dylan, they did struggle in short yardage, the Packers. So I feel like that was really what they were thinking when they brought Dylan in. And, Dylan was drafted in Ada Dylan was drafted in the second round, along with Taylor, Dobbins, Swift, and Akers. The only other running back drafted in the second round was AJ Dylan. So I mean he's he is right lumped in right with those guys. Um played for Boston College. Um, you know, I for me, I see his game just not translating into the NFL. Um I just feel like he's he's too one dimensional. Um, I feel like in today's game, it's really hard to make it in the NFL with his style of running. Um, Taylor, who's also a big guy and, and is a little, is faster and, and much more shifty, uh, much more of a complete back. Um, you know, Taylor kind of is a different mold than Dylan. And that's why he's my number one running back. I feel like Dylan, um, I just feel like, you know, he could definitely vulture some touchdowns from Aaron Jones and be a good short yardage back. And he can definitely break some. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a pretty nice season. But as far as a career goes, 
I just I just don't know, you know. And 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 he's definitely the one guy that I could be wrong with him him and Acres for sure. Um, but Dylan, I, I definitely have Dylan a lot lower than, than most people. Uh, that's probably the biggest difference from my rankings to, um, if you were to put like an average ADP, um, throughout all of dynasty, that would probably be the biggest difference is me having AJ Dylan as the 10th running back. But for me, I'm not going to draft a guy like that. You know, it's gotta be like, it's gotta be like late second, third round for me to, for me to grab a guy that I kind of see as a goal linebacker in the NFL, um, especially when he starts getting <coughs> tread, especially when he starts getting like, you know, if if a couple years, if he has a couple like decent years, I could see him kind of falling off a cliff. Um, you know, like the Brandon Jacobs style. I feel like he's kind of has. Um, so. We'll see. We'll see how he goes, but I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm definitely lower on him than I am on these other guys. And and he's he, if he had gone to a team where there wasn't a clear cut number one running back, I feel like I might look at him a little bit differently. But um, going to the Packers didn't really help for for me. It it kind of hurt him a little bit actually, to be honest. Um. So if you're, I feel like if you if you're pretty good on running back. And um, if you could get a guy like Dylan that, you know, you can throw in as a spot start or kind of like, you know, on bye weeks and stuff and get a touchdown out of him, you know, I think it's a great fit. But if you're going to get Dylan as kind of like a guy that you're going to count on to become like, you know, one of those top tier running backs, I don't think that's going to happen. That's just my opinion. But I, I just don't think that that um, he's going to be that caliber of running back, where I think a lot of these other guys have more of a chance of that. Fair enough. So who do you have at eight and nine? All right, so at eight and nine, it's a little bit of a surprise as well. So I actually have... I actually have Darrington Evans at eight. Um. Drafted by Tennessee in the third round. Um, played at Appalachian State. And I actually like his running style a lot. Um, you know, Derrick Henry's the man there. And, um, you know, Evans is going to be that that compliment back. But I, I just don't see any competition there for Evans. I feel like he's going to come in and he's going to be useful to them right away. Uh, they've got a, they, they've got a good line. You know, they lost Conklin, but they replaced him, in with their first pick. They also lost Dion Lewis. They lost Dion Lewis. So I mean, that's that's the role. But I like him a lot more than Dion Lewis. I think that he has a chance. I would agree. I, I would. Agree. I think he has a chance to really carve out a nice role, in that offense. Now we're getting we're getting later in running backs here, so you know. You're not going to really find any superstars, I feel like, in this pack. But I do feel like Evans um, is a guy that is, um, I think that his career could get better as it goes along. And and then and then depending on what happens, you know, they franchise tagged um, Derrick Henry. So we don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, I think he's a great compliment to Henry. So... 
I I have him pretty high. Um, and I, I like the way he runs. You know, he, he didn't play with a lot of competition um, playing at Appalachian State. But I really like his run style. So, you know, I'm curious to see how he does in the NFL. But I put him over A.J. Dillon, and I put him over Moss, over Zach Moss as well. Zach Moss is who I have next. Um, also a third-round pick, picked a little bit before Evans, and went to Buffalo, which is a good landing spot for a running back like him. Um, played at Utah, and you know they've got Singletary there that they drafted last year, and Singletary looked really good. I mean, there's Singletary believers that think he's a a three-down back, and there's guys that people that don't think Singletary can carry the load for a team. Um, I do not see Singletary as a guy that, uh, you know, if I was running a team, I would probably want to draft another running back as well. Um, but you know, there's a chance there are guys out there like Singletary who have had great careers. I mean, he definitely showed a lot of talent last year. Um, and I think he's going to be even better. I think Singletary will be better, but Moss is a good fit. I mean, Moss is a little bit of a different style. Um, you have Moss right around there too. Where do you have Moss? So Moss, I have at ten. Okay, and I had him at I had a, him at nine pre-draft. So I have him at nine now, and you have him at ten. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, and you know the in- interesting thing about him and Singletary actually is, I actually don't think they're all that different in terms of the running style. I mean, uh. Maybe, maybe in terms of the running style, actually, they're a little bit different. But um, you know, maybe I should say they're not—they're not all that different in terms of their body type. Yep. Um, but they do play a little bit differently. Um, you know, Singletary more relies on his shiftiness, whereas I think Moss relies more on his power. But both of those guys, you know, smaller backs. Uh, you know, Zach Moss, 5'9", 223, uh, ran a 4.65 at the Combine. And I know Singletary ran a sub 4.6 at the Combine as well and, and was a smaller back. Uh, I don't have his, his measurables in front of me, but I want to say he was like about 5'8", you know, lower 200s uh, in terms of size. So, you know, not all that different in terms of, you know, athletic profile, but certainly in terms of the way they play the game. Absolutely. Um, what do you think about both of them being on the team together? What are your thoughts about Buffalo running game? I mean, it's tough. I think I think it hurts. I think it hurts Singletary more than it hurts Moss. Quite honestly, you know, because because Moss is sort of the new guy there that you know that that might have the opportunity, the potential to sort of usurp Singletary. You know, I, I, if I'm a Singletary, I'm more worried. Um, than say if I have Zach Moss in a demi league and he's coming up this year, um, you know I'm kind of I'm kind of just like okay, well, you know he landed in Buffalo. Let's see what happens. Where, whereas if I'm a Singletary owner, I'm kind of like oh well, Zach Moss is there now. Let's see how this pans out. You know, right? And and not um, and not to mention, you know, if you drafted Singletary, you probably drafted him in the first round last year. Whereas if you're drafting Moss, you know you're you're not you're not drafting him that early. You know, he doesn't have that pedigree. And that just goes to show you too, the, the difference between the top five this year and the top five last year. I mean, 
you had a guy like Singletary, who, like you said, was in the top five last yep. year. I mean, the fifth running back in this class is far and away better uh, in terms of you know coming out as prospect than I think Singletary. Depending was. on so, depending on when you drafted last year, Darwin Thompson was a top five running back. He was. He was. Um. So a couple guys we haven't so, talked about. Sorry, if that's a sore subject. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, draft, I drafted Darwin Thompson in one league, six overall. What can I say? It was a bad pick. A lot of people did. It was a bad, he but was, it was... He was going top it was a late three. Draft. He was going top three yeah. in some drafts, I saw. I, I'm just glad that was the one league that I, I decided to roll the dice on Darwin Thompson in. Yeah. The dice the dice did not favor me in that in that role. Well, I told you this before. If I was dra- picking where you picked, I would have taken him too. Fair enough. Um, so and a couple I, and, guys and I didn't about. just say that to make you feel better. I really would have. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, a couple guys we haven't really talked about yet. Um, I'm curious to see where you have ranked. Oh, let me just let me just say I have one more guy. And then I have, okay. a, and then I have a tear break. Go ahead. His name is DJ Dallas. Right after AJ Dillon at eleven. Um, so I probably have him higher than you. Um, and he played in Miami, and was drafted by Seattle in the fourth round. Um, I like his game. I like the way he runs. I didn't really know too much about him before. Um, he probably moved up about five or six spots. Um, but, you know, going to Seattle, you know, anything can happen there. I mean, Chris Carson's had some injury issues. Rashard Penny is, you know, had injury, many injury issues. And he's also like, you know, one year away from being called a bust so i i think this dj dallas pick was a little bit intriguing because it was a fourth round pick um you know end of the fourth round but but still and uh i think he might have been i think he might be a good sneaky pick for them so he's a guy that jumped into my uh my my tier there um right at the end of that tier before i go on to all these next guys i don't know what i don't know where you have him So DJ Dallas, I have him at fourteen currently. So I'm at eleven. So yeah, and uh, just for the listeners, I'll throw out his combine measurables: five ten, two seventeen, ran a four five eight forty at the combine. Uh, like you said, drafted by Seattle, coming out of Miami. Um, and you know he was a guy who a lot of people were talking about pre-draft. Um. I believe I had him actually pre-draft at 16. So he's moved up two spots for me. Yeah, he moved up quite a bit for me. Probably about four. So I moved, well, what happened with me too is I actually moved a lot of guys down. But uh, I like him. I like the landing. So, I mean, it's kind of another sneaky landing spot where, you know, Seattle's good like that. It's like see what Seattle will do is and and this is like more of like 
you know, recent history. So you, they'll draft guys early and they won't play them at all. And then they'll draft guys late and they'll be like, become like stars for their team. It's just like, I don't know right. what the deal is with them. Um, they'll redshirt guys. Um, you never know what's, what they're, what they're thinking and what they're going to do. Um, you know, Chris Carson, a lot of people love, I mean, there's a lot of Chris Carson truthers out there and he's probably won people a lot of leagues. Um, I've never been a huge Chris Carson guy. Um, you know, but he's had great production. So, I mean, there's nothing, you know, he's, he's definitely earned it. Um, but you know, he, he has been injured. He plays a very physical game. Um, and he's paid for it. You know, he has had some injuries. I, I don't know. He sh- should be ready for the season, I believe, but, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to want to start him off a little slower this year with everything going on and then coming out of injury. Rashard Penny also coming back from injury. Um, so if this guy plays well early on, you know, he could definitely, uh, you know, move, move up the, the pecking order there. I feel like, and he could be, he's kind of a sneaky guy. I can't put him ahead of AJ Dillon, but I have him right after him. Yeah. Um, I can see that. I mean, DJ Dallas, like I said, uh, he's kind of a wait and see guy for me. I mean, I have him at four, I have him at 14 right now. He moved up two spots going to Seattle. Um, you know, he's kind of in, he was kind of pre-draft in a bit of that, like sort of no man's land, mm-hmm. just sort of that, like ranked with all the rest of the guys, just a maybe, name, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe just a hair above, above that sort of tier, uh, if you will. And I think, I think being drafted, he sort of, uh, you know, moved up my board just a little bit, you know, just, just the fact that he was drafted by Seattle and, you know, like you said, you never know what Seattle's going to do and what they have planned. And, you know, you got Penny there, you got a Chris Carson. Um, there's kind of some sneaky opportunity there in that backfield. So we'll see what DJ Dallas does. But, um, and that's my tear break. Yeah. There. So why don't we, why don't we just run through, why don't we run through our top, our top 20. And then uh, we can just I don't even really have a, we top have a top 20. I only really have like six more guys ranked. Or right, let's run through run through the top, whatever you got it ranked. And then we'll, we'll talk about any guys we haven't talked about. Okay, so who I have already? Who, I, who I've already mentioned? Just go through your top. How, how many guys do you have ranked? Okay. So top five... Um, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, tear break, Keyshawn Vaughn, tear break, Anthony McFarland, Darrington Evans, Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon, D.J. Dallas, tear break. Um, and then the rest of my guys that I have left, Joshua Kelly, Eno Benjamin, Mike Warren, Jason Huntley, LaMichael Perrine, and Raymond Calais. Those are my last guys. 
Do you not have uh, Antonio Gibson ranked as a running back? Oh, I have him in receivers. Okay. Okay. I have him in receivers. I ha- so I have Antonio Gibson ranked as running okay. back. Where would you where where would you put him in here as a running back? I'd put him probably right in that upper tier that I just went through. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I haven't Gibson, done a ton Gibson of research on him yet. I haven't really gotten that far yet. So I So I think I think Antonio Gibson, I mean, I think he's going to play more of a running back role in the NFL. Uh, well, that's interesting because you know, they have a lot of running backs. It's up for debate because I mean, he's six foot two twenty eight, ran a four three nine forty at the combine. So I mean, the guy's an athletic freak. Played wide receiver and running back in college. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson, he's kind of a sneaky, uh, you know, sneaky guy to scoop up there late. Uh, that I think you're you're probably going to be able to get in the third round in a lot of leagues. Um. What's he in uh, MFL? His ADP, I have no, no idea. No, I mean, like, where's what's he? Uh, I'll look it up right now. Gibson. So that's a tough. So he's in. Uh, he's in Washington. So there's a lot of running backs there, and a lot of receivers, I guess. So he's listed as a wide receiver in MFL. Antonio well, MFL is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like where I maybe got that ranking from. But <clears throat> I mean, I think he's going to play running back in the NFL. Like I said, he's six foot two twenty eight. You don't see a whole lot of six foot two twenty eight wide receivers yeah. in the NFL. But you know, then again. He could be one of those guys where they kind of move him around a lot. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has that gadgety element. I mean, I would certainly I, move him up, um, you know, into my top top 12 probably just because of yeah. the fact that he could be playing receiver, running back, tight end possibly. So I have I have Antonio Gibson. I have him at 11. Well, why don't you go why don't you go through your your list like I did? All right, so so what did you, what did you just do? Your top what? What was it? Um, it would be eighteen if I added Gibson. Eighteen if you added Gibson. All right, so and who would you put Gibson right between? Who would you put in between? I would probably put Gibson between like AJ Dillon and DJ Dallas, maybe. Okay, fair enough. All right, so I got Jonathan Taylor at one, Clyde Edwards Hilaire at two, Cam Akers at three. DeAndre Swift at four, J.K. Dobbins at five, A.J. Dillon at six, Keyshawn Vaughn at seven, Anthony McFarland at eight, Joshua Kelly at nine, Zach Moss at ten, Antonio Gibson at eleven, Darrington Evans at twelve, Eno Benjamin at thirteen, I have D.J. Jallis at fourteen, LaMichael Perrine at fifteen, Raymond Colais, another Tampa Bay running back we haven't talked about at sixteen. Jason Huntley, I have at 17. And I have the undrafted free agent, Mike Warren, at 18. And uh, I'll give you my next two guys rounded out into my top 20. Levante Bellamy out of Western Michigan at 19. Rico Dowdle, Dowdle 
out of South Carolina at 20. All right. Where did where did he go? Or is he not picked up yet? Dowdle, I believe. I want to say he went to Houston. Uh, I don't have it written down in front of me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I hadn't logged him in yet. I have his name. I just don't have his team. I know, I know Mike Warren went to Philadelphia, which is kind of a crappy landing spot yeah. for him with Miles Sanders. Bellamy there. went to Denver. Bellamy went to Denver. I forget where Dowdle went off the top of my head, to be honest with you. All right. But, uh, one, uh, you know, for me, once you get down to those, like, undrafted free agent guys, it's almost like you just keep them in order. You know, yeah, it's like, right. does it, you know, does it even really matter at that point, you know, in terms of, uh, I feel like the landing spot doesn't matter quite as much because it's they could just as easily be cut and end up on a different team sooner than later. So, so I noticed one guy that you had that you have higher than me. I have him at let's see. So, I have Dallas at eleven. So I have Joshua Kelly at twelve, and you had him at I think eight or nine. I'm at nine. I'm at nine. I'm at nine. Yep. So. Uh, landed with the Chargers, UCLA, running back. I got to say with Joshua Kelly, was not a big fan of his of his tape. Um, you know, productive guy for sure. Um, but I, his running style just, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just didn't see anything that I thought was really going to transfer into the next level. Kind of a you know, an upright runner, um, kind of a high knee, you know, tall type of guy. I might, I don't know if he's tall, but like he kind of runs tall. Um, yeah, I just didn't see it in the film for me personally. Um, he's kind of a guy that I would not, and then he went to the Chargers. So, you know, they have Eckler and they got, uh, was Justin Jackson mm-hmm. and then Kelly, I mean, you could definitely see him like battling with Justin Jackson for sure. I think if I owned Justin Jackson, I'd be I'd be nervous about him, but not so much if I owned Eckler. I think I'd be, I'd actually be happy owning Eckler, um, because really Kelly is the only guy they really drafted. I feel like that, you know, if if they had drafted somebody like AJ Dillon or Zach Moss. I might be more worried. Um, but Kelly doesn't really scare me. If if I'm an Eckler owner, which I'm not. But, um, I don't know, you might you might have a different opinion on him though. I don't Yeah, I mean, uh Joshua Kelly, I think is you know, I just I can't really put him much lower than 9. <laughs> Well, well, he was a fourth round pick, early fourth. He was, yeah, I mean, he was pretty high up there, like before the draft started. People liked him, and and he goes to the Chargers. Uh, yep. You know, stays stays uh, stays right there in L.A. You know, coming over from UCLA, yep. um, transferred over to UCLA from the UC Davis program a couple years ago. Five eleven two twelve. Ran four four nine at the combine. Um, looked really smooth in that in that uh, that that new Deuce Daily drill. That new Deuce Daily drill. Um, right. 
So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a chance. I mean, he's in a good, I think it's a good spot. Um, he was an early fourth round pick. I just think for me, it was just like a personal preference. When I saw him, I just didn't really see anything that really jumped out at me. That would make me think he has a chance to really be, you know, someone to, to hit that next level. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have him. I have him rated twelve. So I mean, you you have him, you have him at nine. So I think just for me, I because I moved Dallas up and Evans. I think so. You know, he got kind of bumped down a little bit. And then I have uh, Eno Benjamin next at thirteen. Um, Arizona State running back um and then he was drafted by arizona in the seventh round which is kind of a like a good value pick for them to get in the seventh um you know they don't have david johnson they got Kenyon drake now so i think Eno benjamin was a good pick for them and you know what i saw when looking at his film was definitely like a productive runner that kind of and i think he kind of carried his team quite a bit um, but I just didn't see a lot of, uh, I don't think he ran too fast. He wasn't a super fast runner. Four, four or five, seven. So yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Not, slow. not like a slow guy, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. He, he didn't seem to really jump out at me as well. And then he got drafted in the seventh round, which kind of showed me mm-hmm. that a lot of other teams didn't really think too much about him, but it's a great landing spot. I think staying in Arizona, um, being behind Kenyon Drake, you know, I mean, I know they have Chase Edmonds. Is it Chase Edmonds? Chase Edmonds. They have Chase Edmonds. um, And I think he could beat out Chase Edmonds um, still. So he's definitely a guy, if I can get him late in a draft, I mean, I'd throw him on my team. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I have him ranked 13. So I I have Eno Benjamin at 13 as well, actually. So. I had him at 13 pre-draft and I had him at thir- uh, 13 currently. So, Yeah. No. Um, but but he, he's also a guy, you know, I could see as this process moves along, I could see myself, bo- you know, moving Eno Benjamin up a little bit here. Yeah. Um, because he is a guy, like you said, he really carried his team at Arizona State. Um, not the biggest running back, you know, not the flashiest measurables, 5'9", 207. Ran a uh, four five seven forty at the combine, um, you know, and you put him next to a guy like Edwards Lair, five seven two oh seven, ran a four six at the combine, you know, not all that different of a back, um, you know, certainly not certainly I'm not comparing you know right, you know Benjamin to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know necessarily you know value wise, but, but I'm just saying measurables. Measurable measurables and sort of you know just just sort of that body type. Um, even Dobbins, you know, isn't all that different, just in terms of of the way they're you know sort of the way they're built. So, and like you said, Arizona, I don't think is a bad landing spot at all. Um, you know, obviously Kendrick Drake looks like he's going to be the guy there for the next couple years at least. Um, but he's twenty seven. 27 year old back right now um and you have chase edmonds behind him and i'm not completely sold on chase edmonds you know he 
certainly so showed some flashes last year, but I don't know if he's going to be the guy there, you know, uh, long term. You know, in terms of being the successor to Kenyon Drake at this point, so you know, and obviously David Johnson is out of town, like like you mentioned earlier. So. Yeah, and and Kenyon Drake, you know, he he did great going over to Arizona, had some huge games for them, but you know, he he has never been a bell cow back in his career. So I mean, you know, he they've gone when he was in Miami. I mean, and, and granted, it's Miami, so I mean, you know, they're it's not like they're a you know, an organization to really say like they know exactly what they're doing and you know they could have been totally using him wrong but for years they kind of like they tried to they tried to put him in as a three down back didn't really work out brought in another running back other running backs you know then tried to do it again because he kind of won that job back and he just kind of went in and out of the lineup as far as uh you know stability went there and eventually, you know, they traded him, and he played great last year in Arizona. And, you know, and he, I'm sure he fits Arizona's system, and they probably run, you know, a much, you know, Kingsbury there, you know, is running a much more, like, prolific offense for sure. Um, and he, he probably fits great in that offense. But at the same time... Um, you know, he's, he still hasn't proven that he can carry a team, Kenyon Drake. So, you know, Benjamin comes in, playing in the same state, and, uh, you know, same, same thing with Kelly. You know, two guys not even not going too far from where they played college. And uh, I think he's got a chance to really kind of to, to kind of grow in that offense and play a role. You know they'll probably find a role for him, so I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes relevant. Um, but do I think he's going to surpass Kenyon Drake? No, definitely not. You know, and and if Drake goes down, you know it's going to be split between Edmonds and Benjamin. So there's definitely some value there, but um, yeah, I mean seventh round pick. You know, there's not a huge a lot a huge amount of. Uh, you know, expectations there for him. I I will say with Benjamin though, I think, I think if we can sort of put our finger on any running back, um, you know, and I think we could even really make the argument, you know, if we even really lump him in with all the offensive skill position players, you know, QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. I think you know Benjamin fell farther than anyone anticipated. Yeah. Um, you know, he was certainly the guy that fell the farthest um, in terms of where people had him valued pre-draft um, and just and just production, you know, in terms of what he did in college. Uh, I'm tempted to move him over Kelly. I think the reason that I moved him back behind and Kelly above him was because Kelly was an early fourth round pick and Benjamin fell all the way to the seventh round. Yeah, you know, that was a little bit of a, you know, but... I kind of like Benjamin a little bit more than I like Kelly. He's he's definitely um he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. And I think I I see you know Benjamin as I mean if he's a guy that you can scoop up in like the late like the late 4th round, 5th round in a draft, even early 4th round. I mean yeah. if if I can get you know Benjamin early 4th, I'm psyched. Definitely. I mean that's that's not a bad pick at all. 
Uh, no, it's good value. And that just goes to sh- that just goes to show you how deep this draft is. So, um, I could easily move Eno Benjamin up. I would say. I think the absolute highest I would move him up is eight. Um, and that's where I have Anthony McFarland right now. I don't think I'd move him. You know, I got AJ Dillon and Keyshawn Vaughn as my six seven. I don't think I'd move him above either of those guys, but. McFarland, Kelly, Moss, Gibson, Evans. I could I could see myself moving Benjamin above those guys. Um, you know, there's certainly an argument there for it, and that's kind of like what we talk about with these tiers. Yeah, I think uh, I think that seventh round being being a seventh round pick, I think that's what really kind of lowered him for a lot of people. Absolutely. And for me as well. And I think that sort of determines things in the short term more so than, you know, once, you know, assuming preseason starts, uh, you know, and all that stuff, you know, we actually see these guys go out on the field um, in pads, in in game action. Right. You know, I think, you know, I think, I think that's where you, you know, some of this starts to change where, you know, it doesn't really matter where these guys got taken, you know, it's sort of what they do on the field and, you see it all the time, like a you know, you know Benjamin seventh round pick comes out and outperforms a fourth round pick like a Joshua Kelly or you know a Zach Moss or or, or one of these other guys we've been talking about. So I think I definitely. I will say one thing about draft position that really kind of also plays into these rankings is the top in the top tier, the top five guys. You know, they all went. You know, Hilaire was the last pick of the first round. And they're all second round picks, you know, and other than AJ Dillon, who got drafted, you know, very late second round, you know, these guys were all drafted almost pretty much within like 20 picks of each other, those top five guys. And it kind of just set in stone, you know, that top five when that happened. Um, Absolutely. So my number 14 guy is Jason Huntley. Um, out of New Mexico State, small, fast, very fast. Um, got drafted by Detroit. Uh, do you have his speed by chance? I do not have Jason Huntley's measurables because, uh, quite honestly, I don't think he ran them. Um, uh, given that there was no pro days this year, yeah, and he didn't go to and that combine. He, he did not have a combine invite. So, so I heard about Huntley actually, um, a while ago. I had him in my rankings and um, his film is it's, it's one of the most fun to watch. You know, I definitely recommend it. If you want to see just somebody with just pure speed. Now he is a small, he is a very small player um, and he's in Detroit, you know, and they already drafted Deandre Swift and they already have carry on Johnson. But I kind of feel like I think for sure Huntley's going to be in competition to return kicks. I mean, he has some amazing returns. If you if you just like check out some of his highlights, um, I mean, the guy just doesn't get touched. He's so fast. I mean, I could see him like over over in the Mountain West Conference, I believe, in the New Mexico State. Yeah. So I mean, the competition yeah. wasn't there, but I mean, the speed is there, and he's he's a special player. Now he may be too small to make it in the NFL. Um, that's a possibility for sure, but he doesn't lack in talent. I mean, this guy is 
he is just electric with the ball in his hands. And, you know, I could see him, you know, carving out, you know, a role as, as a kick returner and, you know, as a, as kind of a shifty third down back um, for Detroit. It's definitely a long shot. You know, we're in long shot area right here with these guys. Um, but I kind of move him up a little bit. I mean, he's 14. I just, you know, part of that is like, I just like the guy. You know, I, I think that he's, I, I love, I like watching him play. Um, I mean, he has got great moves. He's got great speed. I definitely recommend looking him up and just checking him out because you're going to, you're going to like him too. And he was a fifth round pick, you know, uh, Detroit saw something in him. Um, you know, and it's funny because I didn't think he was going to get drafted and I had him on my list of guys, but it was kind of like down low, but he was kind of a guy that was going to be kind of a sneaky undrafted guy that I was going to kind of like, you know, try to draft late, late in my bigger leagues and my deeper leagues. And, uh, but now being a fifth round pick, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. And, um, you know, he's a guy to watch. You know, see see what happens with this guy. He's a name. Don't forget his name. Jason Huntley, um, New Mexico State. And just the speed, the kick returns. Um, and only, and he, the thing is, is he is small, um, but he just run, He When he gets to the outside, it's like no one's catching him. So, yeah. uh, you know, I put him at 14. I like him a lot. So, I have Huntley at 17. Um, and he was a guy that I didn't have ranked. Um one of four guys that I just didn't have ranked in my positional rankings at all. Um, out of, like you said, out of New Mexico State. So you certainly know more about Jason Huntley than I do. Um, but you know, I, I put him in in at seventeen, just you know, you know, based on the fact that the Lions drafted him and, and the little research that I put in on him after the draft. So. Uh, wh- who who's your fifteen sixteen? Um, so next I have Mike Warren, undrafted from Philadelphia. Um, he All was right. probably he's my he's my he's my eighteen. Okay, he he's probably my my um my favorite of all the running backs that didn't get drafted. Um, not the greatest landing spot. You know, Miles Sanders is there, and uh, Boston Scott, who I like a lot. Um, but. They like committees in Philadelphia. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be, like, nervous if I had Miles Sanders about Warren. I'd be more nervous about Boston Scott, for sure. Um, but Warren's a guy, you know, he... I like the I like his running style. You know, he looks like he could be, you know, somebody that could... that can play in the NFL. And, um, you know, I think he can make the team. At this point, like, for him you know, because of the virus and because of, um, you know, not being drafted, you know, he's going to have to make the team. But I think if he makes the team, you know, he's definitely somebody that, uh, you know, could could find himself getting some playing time for Philadelphia. You know, they kind of thinned out those running backs there, and they like to carry a lot of running backs. So he he's a guy that he's my favorite of all the undrafted running backs. I would agree. Um, yeah, Mike Warren out of Cincinnati uh, got the combine combine invite, but didn't run the forty. 
226. Was a very productive runner in college. Um, don't quote me on this, but I believe he set the record uh, in terms of rushing yards at Cincinnati <laughs> in his his time there. Um, senior coming out. And, and uh, you know, I think Mike Warren, yeah, I was surprised he didn't get drafted. Um, I had him pre-draft. I had him ranked at 14, and I dropped him down to 18, uh, just based on some of the guys that got, you know, actually did get drafted in the NFL draft. I bumped him down four spots. Um, but, I mean, pre-draft, I had him ahead of guys like Huntley, I had him ahead of Raymond Calais. I had him ahead of P. Ryan um, and DJ Dallas. You know, all all, all uh, four of those guys. Um, and you know, obviously they got drafted, and Mike Warren did not. So they they got a little bump um, up, and Mike Warren got a little bump down. So yeah. Um, I think he has a shot at Philadelphia to carve out a role. And, you know, like, like I've said in the past with these undrafted free agent guys, it's like, he's not tied to Philadelphia. Like, right. you know, a third, a third round pick is right. You know, he could be on um, another team by the time he the could be on another team. Yeah. You know, he, he could be on another team by, you know, mid August. You know, they signed that guy Killens too, um, who I like. I don't know anything about him, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> Killens? Yeah. Um, either one of those guys, though, could possibly. So, um, well, and then the other thing, too, is is with Philadelphia, it's like they don't care about – of of a lot of the teams, you know, Philly's one of those teams that just – if if you perform, if you look good, they're going to hold on to you. They don't care if you're undrafted yeah. or a fifth-round pick or a first-round pick, so – you know, Philly's Philly's a good landing spot for guys like that. They they end up do they do I mean Boston Scott is an, is an example of a guy that, you know, worked his way into getting a lot of playing time last year. And I don't was he drafted? I'm not even sure. Um I want to say he was like a six round. If he was, it was late. Um so after Warren, um I have per, that's where I have LaMichael Perrine at sixteen. I have not been a big Perrine guy. Um, or P Ryan or Perrine or whatever it is, but he got drafted in the fourth round. I mean, he was kind of like up on people's, um, you know, list, you know, right around the top 10 area. Um, not for me. And he got drafted in the fourth round. He, um, let's see, he played at Florida and he got drafted by the Jets. So, you know, he's behind Le'Veon Bell. He's, uh, you know, on film, I just, I don't know, like, I didn't, that's kind of my thing. It's, it's, for me, it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of, like, what, I, what I'm what i seeing on film. I, I'm kind of looking at, you know, the different things players can do, and I just didn't see a whole lot out of him. Um, you know, he broke some runs and everything, but I just, why don't you give me his measurables, and then, uh. So Lamichael Peter Ryan at a Florida five eleven two sixteen ran a four six two forty at the combine. Um, yeah, I mean I had him at twenty pre draft, and now I have him at fifteen. Uh, 
I wasn't that big on him. I mean, he was drafted in the fourth uh, yeah. round, so I understand moving him up. Right. Um, and I, you know, I basically moved him up again, you know, ahead of some guys that went undrafted that I had ahead of him pre-draft. So. And then he's Samaji's cousin. Yeah, he's Samaji Piran's cousin who just got cut by the Dolphins, I believe. So. Uh, originally drafted by the Redskins a couple years ago, but. Uh, you know, power runner. I mean, uh, you know, out of Florida, looks, you know, looks good on tape. You know, you know, I won't take it away from from Michael P. Ryan. I mean, he does have some good tape where, you know, he shows he can lower the shoulder. You know, and gain those good extra good yards, college no player. For yeah. sure. And uh, you know, he he's, you know, like you know, obviously the not the the fastest straight line speed. You know, four six two forty, like we said, but. I mean, I, I don't see him, you know, I, I don't see him um, being cut. You know, I think he's going to hang on there in Miami, and they don't really have a lot of backs there. I mean, they traded for Brita. They signed Jordan Howard in the offseason. Oh, wait, no, didn't? I, I, that was Miami. The, he's on the Jets. Or the Jets, the Jets, the Jets. I don't know why I keep thinking well, Michael Pirine is on Miami. Well, probably because you were just saying his um, cousin got, just got released by them. Right, 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 right. Um. Anyway, yeah, with Michael Pirine on the Jets behind Le'Veon Bell, so I don't really see anybody competing with him for the number two spot for the Jets. You know? Yeah, it's pretty wide open. I mean, he would have to go in there and not look good to not get that job. So, you know, last guy we haven't really talked about, Raymond Calais. Where do you have him at? Uh, yeah, that's my last guy. I mean, I kind of, I have I have a bunch of undrafted guys, kind of like you know, underneath these guys. But as far as like my last ranked guy, um, that's Calais. And I didn't really have, you know, I didn't really um, know much about him until after he got drafted and I kind of checked it out. He was a late pick, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the later picks in the seventh round. And, um, you know, he's a small guy drafted by Tampa Bay. He's kind of like a Huntley type of player. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kick returner. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, kind of a scat back third down back five, eight, five, eight, one eighty eight. Yeah. Real small, four, smaller four. than Huntley ran, ran a four, four, two at the combine. So I mean, yeah. he's got the speed. I mean, going to yeah. Tampa, you know, you kind of think like, okay, well maybe, you know, they draft this guy in the seventh round. Maybe they were just kind of thinking, Hey, let's, they must've liked him, you know, and they thought maybe they can, you know, use him in kind of some sort of you know, roles, a kick returner or like a, you know, receiving back, you know, for Brady. I mean, that's kind of asking a lot for him because, you know, they, they do have some other um, running backs on the team that can catch the ball. So I, that would be a hard role for him to, to, to win. I feel like, um, especially mm-hmm. early on, but you know, I could see him returning kicks. He did get drafted, so he made the end of, the end of my list. But I'm not too. I don't have a ton of. Uh, you know, I got there. There's nothing really. I'm more of a Huntley guy, you know, than a Calais guy. And those two are like the two comps for me in this draft. As far as two guys, I got the two smaller guys. I got drafted small speed guys. And I will say, and I will say, there's kind of a crazy story with uh, Raymond Calais, you know, out of Louisiana Lafayette, where he actually got shot in the face, and 
you know, obviously survived and went on to be drafted in the NFL, um, you know, and has managed to overcome that and, you know, find himself in Tampa Bay playing with Tom Brady. Uh, so, you know, I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, you know, just, just a little side note story there, you know, that I think was, is worth mentioning. I don't know if he's going to be playing with Tom Brady though. I don't know if he's ever even Tom Brady's ever going to know who he is. <laughs> hey, I mean, Tom Brady said himself, he's, you know, I don't give a shit where you were dropped. Yep. You know, or if you were a first round pick or whatever. So, well, as far as opportunity goes, I mean, you know, going into Tampa, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of like, you know, they're a Super Bowl contender and they're going to, who's ever performs is going to get, you know, gonna get the opportunity so i mean he did he did get drafted um i'm sure they have some sort of role you know whether it's special teams kick returner um and if and if it grows from there you know that's and i think i think the upside is sort of like a you know like a Dion lewis james white sort of right absolutely you know and i and i think that's that's the upside um but yeah i mean Seventh round pick, you know, I think I think if 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 he could work himself into a James White, you know, or sort of like Deion Lewis used to, you know, play in the in the New England offense, I think that would be a great value for Clay. I mean, he's certainly uh, gonna be but, drafted in our thirty two team league. Yeah. He'll probably be like a fifth round guy yeah. in that league. I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Uh, that that's all that I really have ranked. Um, you know, I've got a bunch of yeah. undrafted guys kind of listed that I haven't done a ton of research. I mean, we'll probably do this again. Um, mm-hmm. you know, go through the positions again when we know more about these guys. But as far as like, you know, I mean, the draft ended like what two days ago. Yep. So I mean, when when we're um, taping this, but yeah. So for me, I mean, those are the guys I have right now, and um. I am going to send in my running back rankings um, so we can get them up on the site. And hopefully by the time this comes out, uh, people can kind of like look along at our rankings while listening. Um, so both your rankings are up now and my and mine will be uh, up shortly. Yep. And you're more of the rookie guy. Um, you know, every year and you do a great job. I mean, you early on, you get all the measurables up there. You know, you, you're usually your, your picks are pretty close to, um, where they get drafted. You, you do, uh, you do a great job with it. Um, I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to do. Seven, seven guys that were drafted that were outside my top 70 this year. So I'm pretty proud of that. No, definitely. It's, it's, you, you do really good. You, you work really hard on, uh, on really learning about these guys, um, for the site. And, uh, it's definitely, it's very commendable. Um, so I think the next podcast we'll do, we'll do wide receivers. What I'm going to do, I mean, I already have them ranked, but I'm going to kind of go through the, go through them again and, uh, get a final ranking. And what I'll do is I'll post my rankings when we're doing these podcasts. So, so that, uh, you know, I'll, as we go, I'll go with my rankings and we'll kind of do it that way. And, the, and anybody that's listening can um, can look at our rankings, you know, on while they're listening. 
or after or before or whenever, whenever they want to. But they'll have our reasoning of, of why we put those guys where we put them. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the Master Drafter Football Podcast. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, any closing words? Uh, no, that's it. Um, stay safe, everybody. Stay, stay home.